Welcome to Convo this Monday morning. I'm so glad that you can join us as we look at the topic of mood issues. In the three years that I've worked at Goshen College as a campus counselor, the issues of anxiety and depression have been the most prevalent reasons for students to come and visit. I've met with many brave people in my office as they share their struggles with loneliness, sadness, discouragement, excessive worries, fears, and many feelings of being overwhelmed. I hope this morning you can learn a little bit more about what anxiety and depression look like and can be encouraged that there's strength and joy to be found in the journey through it. Two students will be sharing their personal stories and then Pat Shoemaker, an MSW intern who's working with me two days a week, this semester will follow up their sharing. Let me introduce the students. Jonathan Castleton Scott is a senior nursing major and Allison Landis is a senior psychology major. I am so grateful that they have agreed to share their stories. Let's give them our attention. Hi, um, I'm Jonathan Castleberry Scott, so it's okay, but. Um, yeah, so um, I guess, well, first of all, it feels kind of oxymoronic to have a kid with anxiety come up and do a bit of public speaking, but. Um, but I think what Shar is hoping is that I think what Shar is hoping is that maybe by hearing um, kind of what I've experienced over the past five years, um, just a little bit, um, that it'll either strike a chord in some of you who might be experiencing some of the same things, or in the least, just give you an understanding about maybe what some of your friends or some of your family might be going through as well. So. I'm just going to kind of plow through it because it's going to be a little bit awkward anyway. Um, so my, my story of anxiety starts five years ago when I first came to college. Um, I think with a lot of students, the added stress of academics or collegiate academics and living in the dorms and college life just kind of brings out the, just adds that little bit more stress to your life that can trigger the, the anxious thoughts. Um, so for me, I didn't really know that I dealt with anxiety until I started having um, some anxiety attacks. And these kind of just presented themselves in, um, let's see, well, it would start with maybe like a subject or something I might be worried about just a little bit, like studying for a test or something. And so studying for the test, um, you know, and then you always have that fleeting emotion of, oh, I don't have enough time to study for this test. And so from there, my anxious mind would kind of take over and spiral um, a little bit more, more and more irrationally and more and more intense. And so from going from, am I going to have enough time to study for this test, it would go to, I'm not going to have enough time to study for this test, to I'm not going to do well on this test, to I'm going to fail the test, to I'm going to drop out of school because I failed the test, to I'm not going to get a job because I failed the test. You know, and so you always have those um, but ifs. Like, but if this happens, this might happen. You know, and so when you're anxious and you're, your mind's just not able to think logically and not able to um, put these worries back into perspective because of some kind of biochemistry thing going on within the brain, 
Um, well, that's how I feel. But it just really, it's, 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 it makes it pretty difficult to, to deal with that um, on a cognitive level until, until you come down. And so that's kind of what I've found. Um, and I'll get to that later, sorry. Um, so <clears throat> when I started having these attacks, um, I kind of thought that I would be able to deal with them on my own and I wouldn't really have to, to go tell anybody about them because it is, I mean, it's kind of weird. But when I started worrying about, when I started realizing that there were times when I was, there were times in my life where I couldn't control my thoughts, you know, that's, that's kind of what opened my eyes and just decided, okay, I need to go, need to go talk to someone about this. So I did, and um, what they really, what they really, uh, oh, okay, so, so now I don't, I don't have these um, anxiety attacks anymore. It's more of just some, some lingering side effects that kind of stick into mind. And actually the, uh, okay, well, so the, the main side effect that I get is just an inability to concentrate. So like right now, I really want to talk to you guys and I really want to just get my story out there as calmly as possible, but my mind is just not thinking. It's just, it's just really amazing to feel how you can want to do something really bad and, and try to will your mind to do it, but you just, there's just something in there that, that's kind of blocking me up right now. So I wrote down some, some notes if, if, in case this happened. So. <laughs> So it looks like I'm supposed to talk about acceptance, yeah. Okay, so the one thing that I've learned, <laughs> the one thing that I've learned about um, my anxiety is that I really have to accept that it's there. You know, for me, it's kind of like breaking your leg. If you break your leg, you, learn how, you have to learn how to deal with it. You know, you might not be able to go run or you might not be able to go play around for a few weeks or 20 weeks, I guess. But... But in the end, you can still do everything that you want to do. You just have to keep in mind that your broken leg is a part of you for this point in time. And so for me, that's kind of how anxiety works. Um, you know, there'll be, not very often, I'm doing pretty, I, I do really well with it, but every once in a while, you know, I'll wake up and it'll just be one of those days where I feel a little bit on edge and I have a hard time concentrating. And I just kind of have to accept that Today, I'm not really going to be functioning at my best, and that's just, that's just the way it is today. Um, and so you just get through it. I mean, it's, it's not too difficult. It just kind of goes with it. Um, I think what Shar wanted me to talk about a little bit, too, was kind of the things that I do maybe sometimes to, to work through any anxious thoughts that I have. And so... One of the things I do is a little bit of meditation. Um, I find especially if I'm trying to go to sleep some days and I'm having a little bit hard time just because my thoughts are racing, um, it helps me a lot to just settle down and actually try to think about nothing. You know, try to just block all of those thoughts or any thoughts at all out of my mind. And it's amazing how much it can just really calm your body down um, and calm the muscle tension and calm everything else that happens as well. So, I mean, that could be something you try even if you're not, not have anxiety, clinical anxiety exist issues. Um, yeah, I think, I think the main thing that I've learned is really just accepting, you know, and, and learning so much about myself 
through thinking about the way I think and thinking about how I deal with problems and how um, I deal with anxiety as the way to dealing with my problems. You know, I think so if, if you are going through some of the things that I might have been mentioning, um, obviously talking to Shar or some other counselor will help a lot. But I really encourage you just to, to think about the process, you know, the mental process behind what you're feeling and what you're thinking. Um, and it's amazing how much you can learn about yourself and how much you can learn about how, how to deal with your own things. So, sorry if that was a bit heavy, but I just, that's, yeah, that's how it went. Good morning. Um, as Char said, my name is Allison Landis. I'm a senior psychology major. I guess I am a psychology major because of sort of what I've had to deal with. Um, it seemed like an interesting field for me. Um, so I guess when I first started to notice all of this was during high school. Um, it actually started with extreme physical fatigue. Um, and this just complete exhaustion kept me inside and inactive. And winter was a big part of that. Um, once the days got shorter and darker, I would just lay in my bed exhausted and stare at the ceiling and just feel really unable to do anything, anything, even things I wanted to do or normally like to do. Um, I didn't call my friends as much. I would answer if they called, but I didn't go out and call them. Um, I didn't talk to my family as much. Um, and there wasn't anything terrible happening to me. Nothing really awful was happening at school. It's high school, so, you know, there's always something. But, you know, it's not terrible. Um, and, you know, I never really had big problems with my family. But uh, I couldn't shake these just feelings of sadness and uselessness. And, and then it kind of went on from there. I started to wonder if I was imagining these feelings. Um, I wondered if I was lazy or weak. You know, why was I just so paralyzed? Um, and so then kind of my realization came when uh, one day I was just, I just started crying and couldn't stop. And um, I just felt helpless and stranded. And uh, luckily my parents were there and sort of realized that, um, that you know, this was, this was serious. This, something needed to be done. And that was one of the most relieving things that's ever happened to me. Because someone finally affirmed that, that the problems I was dealing with were, are real. Um, and that I didn't have to deal with it on my own. So um, since then I have been diagnosed with depression, anxiety, and ADHD. Um, I've seen four different psychiatrists and three different counselors. And some of those experiences with those people have been frustrating and, you know, not so helpful. But um, most of those professionals that I've worked with, including Shar, um, have been a part of saving my life and bringing me sort of out of that darkness and giving me a sense of self. Um, but the journey has been nowhere close to easy. Uh, I've been prescribed just about every common medication for anxiety and depression and ADHD, and most of those didn't regulate um, my mood. Um, so I spent a lot of time, you know, basically six years, trying to find the right combination of medication and counseling. So when I came to college as a freshman, um, my depression and anxiety and all that just wasn't, wasn't really regulated that well yet. Um, and I really struggled to connect with people, which is sort of weird for me because I love people. I'm generally an extrovert. Um, but now I know that that was a result of my depression 
and that my depressive symptoms kept me from getting out of my room and kept me from going to events. And at my worst, I would spend the day in bed and just sort of lay there, not able to get up or do anything. And although I was on medication and going to counseling, I still just, I wasn't, you know, nothing was being regulated properly. I wasn't able to use coping mechanisms the way I am now. And that's kind of a fancy word for it. basically little things you tell yourself, little things you do to stay on track. Um, so by the beginning of second semester, my freshman year, although I had had a friend, I had started to get a really great friend group and um, was taking classes that I loved, none of that was making me happy. I was still unable to function, basically. Um, so I dropped out of school and I went home. And six months later, I started going to Michigan State, which was close to home for me. And um, I spent a year going to school there, and I still struggled. Um, I was able to get decent grades. Uh, but in the summertime, after a year of school there, I thought, you know, I'm still not happy here. And uh, my parents said, you know, what about Goshen? So I came back here, and that was like one of the best things I've ever done. I love this place. So. Um, and part of the reason that I'm successful here now is that um, I have a medication that works for me and that I have been to counseling and that I'm able to use these coping mechanisms. And I use them every day. I use them this morning, walking around my house going, I can only do my best. And it sounds cheesy, but it works. <laughs> um, and I'm not perfectly happy all the time. Um, but yeah, I, I'm... The reason that I'm successful is because of all the work that I put in. Because I didn't just push all this stuff under the rug. I really, I tried to really address it. Um, so finally, what I would just encourage anybody who feels anything similar to this is to just use the resources that you have. Talk to your friends or make an appointment with Char. Um, if you know someone who you think might be experiencing these symptoms, I would definitely tell you to talk to them. I always appreciate people who are willing to listen to me. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean giving suggestions. Sometimes you just want someone to listen to you. But um, if the person you're talking with asks for suggestions, you can definitely encourage them. Um, and never, you know, n you know I, would, I would probably never say things to a depressed person like, well, it's fine, you can do it, it's not that bad, don't worry about it, you know? That's actually not helpful. But um, if you can just listen to them, and sort of give them suggestions like little things that they can do to get through the day, to get through that assignment. Um, or even just, if you don't know anything else to say, say, you know, can I help you make an appointment with Char? Um, can I walk with you to your appointment? Um, so yeah, if anybody has any other questions, feel free to ask me. Um, yeah, I'd be definitely willing to talk about it, even if you don't know me that well or at all. So thank you guys so much for listening. Well, we have just heard two stories, and thank you, Jonathan and Allison, for being so courageous to share something that runs so deep in their life. And it does take courage, and we've learned a lot from them this morning, so thank you. One thing they have demonstrated, though, that it, it is a real experience for them. They spoke well to that. They addressed it and gave you examples as to how it was real and is real in their life but they're here living examples to say that it's, it is treatable, it's manageable, and they can, and are moving on and living their life with joy and carrying on, so we're glad for that. Shar introduced me earlier as being a student um, 
And though I may have 30 or more years on most of you sitting out there, yes, I am a student. And so when speaking of stress and anxiety as a student, I know it well. Um, in addition to studying at IUSB, I am a counselor at the Center for Cancer Care. I have a family and everything else that goes on in life. And a lot of times it feels like the pressure and the expectations never end. I have papers, I have group projects, I know about senior papers, and I know a lot of you are in a lot of stress with those. Um, they will end, they do, I promise you. But it does feel like that pressure is pretty hard sometimes. We all experience anxiety and down days, and living here in Indiana, we also have our days of little sunshine. And so many of you who either didn't grow up here or live here, if you're from New Mexico, you know that the gray skies can have an effect on you. And just to remind you that if you find yourself having a real struggle with that, talk to Char, talk to someone, because that can be a real issue, and gray days can get you down. Um, we're all hardwired, though, for anxiety and the stress response. It is part of our daily life, and it actually serves as kind of a healthy function. It protects us from danger and can serve as a positive motivator, a perfect example. Each one of us standing up here this morning has a certain amount of stress with us. It's right up here with us. And yet it helps us do what we need to do. And if you've had to present to a class, which you probably have, you know that feeling. It's normal. The nerves, the jitters, the anxieties that go along with that. Or maybe you, have, um, you feel down from an event you experienced with as rejection, perhaps the breakup of a relationship. These are all ranges of mood and, for the most part, are manageable, transient, and healthy. I know lots of people who have survived a college dating relationship that ended. Yes, it's true. And they have gone on to lead very happy, satisfied lives full of love. And some of you out there are the product of one relationship ending and another one forming. I know many of your parents as a graduate from here many years ago. And so sometimes that's a good thing that happens. It doesn't mean that if you are in the pain of that, that it's not real, because it is. And I don't mean to minimize it, but to remind you that you will experience joy again. And there are strategies and things, as Allison and Jonathan talked about, that you can do. So what does it look like when anxiety turns into something more than just normal anxiety and stress? When it approaches being a real problem? Well, a little bit about anxiety disorders. These are the ones that you would want to seek help for. Talk to Shar or talk to a professional counselor. Start with friends, start with your family, start with your RAs or your RDs or, or campus minister or someone. These levels of anxiety are distinguished from everyday normal anxiety in that they involve responses that are more intense, for example, like panic attacks, last longer, anxiety that may persist for months instead of going away after, say, the exam is over, or lead to phobias that interfere with your life. 
Depression may be triggered from a situation such as a loss or a transition, or it may be something that you have struggled with for a long time, or perhaps depression is a part of your family history. To put it simply, depression negatively affects how you feel, the way you think, and how you act. It has a variety of symptoms, but the most common are a deep feeling of sadness, and Allison described that so well, or a marked loss of interest or pleasures in activities. Here's just a few statistics to get a grasp on this. In a recent study of 16,000 students on 28 campuses, the American College Health Association found 54% reported feeling hopeless, 37% reported feeling so depressed three or more times in the past year that they could not function. 9% reported seriously considering suicide. And 1.4% reported attempting suicide. Those are numbers to think on and, and remember. And, and if you are amongst those numbers, seek help. Our primary concern today focuses on when your level of stress limits your ability to function and experience joy in life. Everyone has the right to experience a calmer life and one with less stress. What we do know is that some students hesitate to tell anyone some of the struggles they are experiencing because, and we hear this all the time, students make the statement, I should be able to do this on my own. I shouldn't need help to do this. It looks like everybody else is doing okay. Why can't I? Well, sometimes, and actually many times, this is just not possible, and we cannot always do it on our own. Let someone else know, because when you put words to what you are experiencing, you start being able to get help. The suggestions made by Jonathan and Allison this morning are perfect. Talk to a friend, talk to Shar, schedule an appointment with someone who you know will listen to you and will walk with you and help you find some strategies or things that you can do to make it possible to get through this experience. And I think Shar is going to wrap it up with some suggestions at the end here. Well, I really appreciate all the input that was given this morning because I think that you actually have the privilege of hearing more um, and understanding more when you hear um, the real stories. I wanted to let you know just a little bit of what would happen if you came to visit with me. Um, when a student comes to visit with me, I listen to um, what that person is experiencing because each person has their own story. Um, sometimes it's clear what's going on, and sometimes it's helpful to have the student fill out um, an anxiety or depression screening to get more clarity. Um, and then together, we'd work to make a plan to begin to feel better. Um, the plan may include meeting together several times to work on some tools, some strategies that they've talked about. Um, sometimes I'll also um, refer to our nurse practitioner or sometimes to a psychiatrist at Oaklawn to look at medication management. Sometimes I refer a student off campus um, for ongoing counseling. The goal is always to help the student get what they need to embrace life again with joy. 
I hope this morning gave you an understanding of the real story of anxiety and depression. If you have questions or any of this um, is something you want to talk further about, call the Wellness and Health Center and set up a time to meet. I'd love to get to know you. Um, I'd also like to invite you to join um, us tomorrow evening at 6.30 in Newcomer 17. Dr. Daniel Kinsey, who is the medical director at Oakland, is going to be coming and sharing a little bit about medication management for anxiety, depression, and ADD. He um, is an excellent resource and wants to be there both to do a little education, but he'll also answer questions. And I know that often students are hesitant to look at medication as a part of their treatment. And so I just would encourage you, if this is something you question or even wonder why that should be a part of it, please come and hear, because um, he has a wealth of information. And then at 7.30, Pat is going to be leading us in Newcomer um, 19 in a time of relaxation. She has some real giftings in being able to lead in relaxation. And so if you're stressed, come and just take in a time of um, experiencing what it would mean to uh, do some deep breathing, some guided imagery, and Jonathan talked just about what it means to sometimes allow your mind to um, be blank and not have to be worrying so you can sleep. So if you can take in any of that, we would um, encourage you to come tomorrow evening at 6.30 and 7.30 in Newcomer. And um, before we end, Senate would like to make an announcement. So Jonathan is like speaking twice. Jonathan Castleberry Scott. Yeah. Yeah, so I have another paper here to read. Um, so tomorrow, I'm sure you've all heard of it, the Feed the Children program from Oklahoma City is initiating an event um, called Americans Feeding Americans. And so from tomorrow, 9 to, uh, I think the main group, well, okay, so Goshen wants to send at least 150 to 200 volunteers to this program to help unload 18 semis full of food um, to deliver to different families in need, in need um, and different food banks, I think, around the community as well. So they need the initial set of volunteers from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. And there'll be a bus meeting. There'll be buses meeting in the KY Loop, Kratz, Miller, Yoder Loop, um, at 8.30 a.m. And then there'll be another, another um, movement of volunteers at 1 p.m. And there'll be buses and transportation there in the, in the loop as well. Um, yeah, so this is a really great opportunity for Goshen College students to get out and do some volunteering and also for Goshen College students to show the community um, what kind of a school Goshen is, you know, to show them what we're involved in and what we kind of want to help out with. So tell all of your friends, um, if you don't have class, really, really try to make it to this. I mean, if you do have class, um, really try to make it to this. So. <laughs> This would be a really great um, event if we could all go. So let's just try to do it um, on behalf of Student Senate. So thanks.